Hello and welcome to the 100 Day Writing Challenge, Day 72. So, the novum is a term used by Darko Suvin to refer to the new thing, the technology, the gimmick that makes a science fiction novel science fiction. So it might be, in this world, there is faster-than-light travel. In this future, we can clone humans. In this one, we've invented intelligent robots, and in this one, time travel, and so on and so on. His suggestion was that SF uses a technique he called cognitive estrangement to make the everyday issues of our lives seem weird and new. And because they're defamiliarised, because we're looking at a world where, I don't know, your mind and all your memories can be transferred to a new body, we actually end up seeing some very, very old problems of being a human, as if for the first time. Now, Suvin's model here is really popular in university humanities departments, but its main flaw is it doesn't really describe most actual science fiction. SF rarely features just one key technological change. There are often loads of differences, you know, warp gates, terraforming spaceships with fully integrated AI transporters, all sorts. One thing I would say, SF stories don't have to be what-if stories. I think a lot of people who don't read a lot of science fiction often come to it like, oh, what if we had a machine that let you talk to your dead relatives? Or, hey, here's an idea. What if robots got so intelligent they were on par with humans? That would cause some pretty uncomfortable reflections on what makes us human. Air readers? And I'm like, motherfucker, people have been writing the Robots Are Us stories since the 1930s. Before that, before we even had the word robot. What do you think Frankenstein is, you bellend? Like, any idea you come up with has been done before, I guarantee. This is why literary fiction authors keep picking ancient science fiction tropes and, and, and sort of trotting them out to the world as if they were new. And, and doing them in a very very familiar tried and they just don't understand the genre because they haven't taken the time to read it if the whole story turns on this sort of technological premise if if that's it then at best you're going to write this sort of black mirror-esque neo-luddite twaddle about the dangers of technology because in a story something has to go wrong right otherwise it's not a story it's just a vignette so if you're basing it around a single piece of technology that's the most obvious thing that can go wrong. So we just end up with sort of 10,000 dark stories about be careful what you wish for. Uh, We should have never played God. Fuck off. It's so, so dull. I think successful SF has more in common with historical fiction than these sort of tedious morality fables lesser writers fart out. In fact, often, especially at the sort of space opera end, science fiction is just historical fiction in disguise like this is where cognitive estrangement comes into its own right you can retell parts of history but with different players and outcomes what happens when two cultures encounter each other for the first time what's it like living through a time of great change what decisions are individuals forced to make during war we stumble backwards into very profound explorations of the basic questions of being alive when we write SF, but only when we embrace science fiction as a sort of process of defamiliarization. This is, you know, this is Darko Suvin's cognitive estrangement, you know, of waking up to a world we're so used to, we don't see it anymore. It's not about, oh, what if toasters could vote? It's about, what if 
and just bear with me here. What if you were alive and the world were profoundly strange and miraculous, but you'd forgotten? What then? So today I'd like you to write a scene, no surprise there. It's two characters coming together to celebrate or commemorate some event. Might be a birthday, an anniversary, a public holiday, a reunion, the anniversary of someone's death. Your choice, okay? They might be meeting at a home in some public place and during the scene one is going to reveal to the other a secret. Okay, so just to recap, they're meeting for some kind of event or anniversary and one divulges a secret during the meeting. That person will probably give off signs they're uncomfortable or eager or distracted before they actually come out with it, but I'll I'll, I'll leave the whys and wherefores up to you. So what's the SF component? Well, I'd like you to set this scene in a world, could be our world 15 years into the future, could be a far-flung future, could be a completely different timeline like the 1980s but robots are ubiquitous or some kind of diesel punk world set before the Second World War where actually we have all these kind of like petrol-driven giant robots, or it could be an entirely different planet or a space station or wherever. These characters might not even be human. There might be aliens, there might be androids or something else entirely. The technological changes could be very, very subtle. It could look like if you kind of squint our world, but then we get these one or two hints that something's different. They might be pervasive, but the key thing is this. The two characters do not notice them. If they're eating sludge recycled by the ship's biosystems, this is unremarkable to them, unless this week the sludge has a particular new flavour or consistency. If they dine in an airship with a completely transparent floor floating over a mega city of glass arcologies and vast wildlife reserves, the existence of this vista excites no particular wonder. Just like, you know, people who do lots of air travel are able to gaze out the window of an aeroplane across banks of rolling clouds with the sun in the distance. And instead of reflecting that for millennia, the idea of sitting in a chair and riding through the sky was an impossible fantasy to human beings, alien to them unless they were like transmuted into gods. Instead of reflecting on that, The person in the plane is actually thinking, oh, my legs ache, this asshole in front of me better not put his seat back, etc. So, yes, I am essentially asking you to treat the science fiction components of this scene, in this moment these two characters are together at least, as set dressing. And to some scholars that might sound like anathema. Science fiction isn't just bunting, you drape over a story. Well... These characters don't know that they're in a science fiction story, just like you don't realise you're in what the average Victorian would have seemed like science fiction had it existed as a genre back then. Your laptop isn't some fundamental metaphor for the estrangement of humanity, not to you at least, right? It's just a device you happen to be using to get stuff done. So please... When you're writing this, you know, feel free to to blast tech through the story like the proverbial buckshot. You don't have to know how all the stuff works. You don't have to know what certain things are uh, uh, exactly. Uh, And you certainly shouldn't step in to explain to the reader. Some names might be dropped in that remain ambiguous. Good. Right, so... Two characters meeting for an anniversary or annual event. One reveals a secret, paint a SF world around them that both are completely indifferent to. They don't notice it. Get it? Got it? 
Bien. You have 10 minutes. Three, two, one, go.
And that's it. You're done. You're through. I don't know how that felt to you, whether you felt like you were writing a kind of 1950s science fiction pastiche or whether certain innovations intrigued you. Trying on these different genres, you know, you will feel slightly fraudulent at times. It's possible because it's new. But that discomfort, I think, is really important. And it's a good thing to train yourself in that feeling of being slightly out of your wheelhouse, out of your depth. Because the more you can realise that you can feel uncomfortable and it doesn't kill you, the more you can push yourself and the more you can realise, really, that kind of like edge of the envelope space where you are not sure what's going on. You're not sure if someone's going to come and tap you on the shoulder and say, oh, hello, it's the... um." Hi, um, we're the genre police. Yes, I know we sound rather diffident, but um, it's it's a kind of new profession. But the thing is, you're not allowed to write science fiction. And we looked inside your head and we know that you know that you're faking it. So we're here to take you to genre jail. I'm sorry. And I accept some folks may have a very different interpretation of what science fiction is or means than I do. Like what's known as hard science fiction, for example, rather relies on you know slightly more precise science. You don't just throw innovations out there. They're often sort of like extrapolations from what we know now. Sometimes I personally feel like some hard SF novels aren't so much a story as a delivery system for a plausible asteroid mining shuttle. But that is now I'm being cheeky, of course. Um, but certainly, you know, science fiction is an incredibly broad church. Some stuff on some ends of it look very much like fantasy. Some bits right on the other end look very much like a kind of haze manual. <laughs> There's stuff that doesn't exist. Look, I'm under no illusion that I'm providing a comprehensive education in a genre in just 10 minutes. All I'm trying to do is, is just sort of dip your tortilla chip into the waiting guac of each respective domain so you can get yourself a cheeky taste. Whether you go back for more later is entirely up to you. I mean, of course, it is you knew that. I don't think you were ever under the impression that you could be coerced into exploring a genre through some manner of mind control. And even if I did have that power and had been setting it up through subliminal commands embedded in, say, the seemingly innocent philanthropic exercise of teaching creative writing via podcasts, I wouldn't squander it by asking, would you kindly read some Ursula Le Guin? Now, would I? Right. Thank you for being here and doing this once again. You're wonderful. You are heroic and you don't even realise. I'm sincerely proud of you. Let's meet up again for some more of this delightful nonsense tomorrow. The 100 Day Writing Challenge is made possible with the kind support of Arts Council England.